Who wants to play a game? It's time for hide and seek. Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Run, run, run. And now I'm going to find. You scurry off into the darkness. Hurry, I'm behind you. Don't you speak. Hide and seek. Tiptoe to the cellar or crawl under your bed. Anywhere you fled. What's going on? Going Thank you for listening you. to Cinephiles Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 67. And on this week's episode, we are going to be discussing the new horror film, Ready or Not, as well as the whimsical comedy drama, I guess you could call it, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, but before we get into our reviews, let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts today. Travis, how are you doing, man? Doing good. I'm alive and here. Alive and here? Yep. So just the bare minimum that's required of you. Pretty alive and in the same room as me. <laughs> Had a, a long weekend, so I'm still recovering. All right. We'll circle back and hear yes. about your weekend in a sec. <laughs> Joining us again, special guest, Paris. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We just had you two episodes ago, right? Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, something like that. Our longest episode ever. Yeah. I'm hoping this one is not four hours and ten minutes. Uh, since this is a weeknight, it better fucking not be. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so uh, we are recording on the Tuesday after the long Labor Day weekend. Travis, you mentioned you were a little uh, a little tired. What did yeah. you do over the weekend? Um, well, the main thing I did was I went on a hiking trip to valhalla lake i think is what it's called or what people refer to it as <laughs> uh it's up in stevens pass area so like north of seattle for people not familiar um we had to hike like three and a half miles to our spot and back obviously when we were done so this is like a like a backpacking trip basically. yeah first one ever not yeah, that it was too crazy, but definitely have to prepare for it a bit. And uh, I don't think everyone could do it. It's, it takes a little bit of, you know. <laughs> could I do it? I think you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's only three and you don't have to. If, if, if it was a seven mile hike, that's out of. But if it's pretty, like three and rough. a half one way and then. Right. You but you got to think about it. You're bringing all of your stuff on your back, like your tent, your sleeping bag, all of your supplies. You're yeah. hiking in with that. Well, yeah, you got to pack light, but so I mean that's which also kind of like, sucks because then you have to buy new gear because if if it's your first backpacking trip, you probably don't have what you need. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Way different than car camping. <laughs> yes, but uh, I didn't buy too much. I kind of just went with the flow. N- another guest appearance. <laughs> Morrissey was I trying to shy. trying to get on the show. <laughs> But yeah, I had to wake up at like four the the day of and just a long weekend. But yeah, um, my hiking boots weren't quite uh, broken in yet. So the way home was pretty brutal. Yeah. The hike back. Every step of the way was... Pure torture. Just wincing in pain. <laughs> Did you at least bring like a different pair of shoes that you could wear like around where you were camping or were you rocking no, the hiking boots? The but they didn't time? actually start hurting my feet until we started the hike back. But the whole time I was at the lake and 
the hike up to the lake wasn't affecting me. Right. But I mean, if it's unbroken, I mean, you were wearing them around camp. You guys probably walked around a little bit. Like, little. probably would have been. Oh, well, I, don't, I don't know what the terrain was like once you actually got that's, there. So that's maybe. some poundage and some space <laughs> in my pack that I did not have. You just got to get some Nike <laughs> Freeze. Those things weigh like two I ounces. Know, but my backpack was like to the brim. Yeah. And I was already like skimping it on gear <laughs> yeah i've always wanted to do something like that it just seems like ugh. also sleeping in a hammock tent not for me yeah i tried it you for did a like ha- wait a hammock tent yeah like a single man like you just tie it to it's t- basically a sleeping bag that like rolls over it's like you. coffin style sleeping yeah you like can't really move or get comfortable oh or... like one of those like cocoon sleeping yeah. bags yeah. oh okay so I borrowed one of those from one of the people who was going on the trip, uh, had every intention in sleeping in it, <laughs> got into it that night after drinking at least a half a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> Jesus, oh, no. some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I get in the hammock and it starts a rocket. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Did you throw up in the hammock? No. But I puked out on the side. <laughs> like, oh, off the, the deck. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so that was cool. So shortly after that, I was like, yeah, not doing this. Because it just felt like I was going to fall out of the hammock at any moment. And it's not really easy to fall asleep when you, you feel that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I tried to lay on the ground and just do it, you know, old school. <laughs> no tent, no nothing. But then I just couldn't sleep. It was too cold. I was like yeah. just uncomfortable. And so the sleeping sucked. The, the hike back sucked. But the lake itself was pretty beautiful. And now I can say I did that damn thing. So <laughs> <laughs> well, the real question, would you do it again? Yes. But I think I'll be a little bit more prepared this time. This I went into it thinking this was going to be a trial run. I'll learn from my mistakes or decide if it's not for me. So. Yeah. Pretty fun, though. Cool. Was <laughs> that basically um, all you did this weekend? Uh, notes? What did I do before that? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I did something. Who knows? <laughs> well, Paris, you also did something uh, over this weekend, albeit very different than what Travis was doing. I did. I moved into my new place this weekend. Um, it was... So I got off early on Friday. Uh the rest of day Friday and all day Saturday was packing. Did you procrastinate all of it? No. I'm saying it that way because the last time I moved, which Matt and I were living together at the time, um, I did procrastinate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and But I'm actually moved in with Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he threatened my life <laughs> if i <laughs> no but he he was like all right so you can't procrastinate on this one you can't wait till the day after you're supposed to be out of there to move out <laughs> like you did at the last place <laughs> i was like okay because we did we have a month overlap so we still i still technically have a month at my at my old place to like but that's more like for cleaning for selling and getting rid of furniture that we're getting rid of like that's nice wait did you do did, so even though you have a month did you do like the whole yeah the whole move yeah the, why give yourself a month if you're just gonna do it all in a day anyway you know that's a great question 
Matt. Well, I guess <laughs> it's not a question for me. When we lived together, yeah. it was the same thing. It was exactly the same thing, but the difference was that at the house that we were at, um, I don't know what you'd call it. We kind of uh, left it in a state of disrepair, one might say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Disarray. <laughs> I mean, Travis, you were at our last party, like right before we moved out, Halloween last year. Yeah. Yeah, a couple days later. We didn't do much, much cleaning after that. We but did, disrepair did doesn't no that mean cleaning. Not repairable? <laughs> no, just things that need to be fixed. Okay. And like, we definitely left furniture there it was a trash it was a trash move we were all just like fuck it looks like one of those places that you get away with doing that though well part (laughs) of it was i mean we sure did we had black mold and the landlord was like all right so you're gonna clean it like it was just the Uh, whole nay right i literally had to clean black mold off of my window because it was so gross that i was getting sick every other week like that's the landlord's fault a hundred percent it is (laughs) and so Instead of, you know, taking any legal action against him, we just left all of our shit there and didn't clean up the house. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this is a different situation, trying to leave it in a good good spot. So if anyone, you know, trying to trying to sell off like microwave, couch, coffee table, Are actually you couch is spoken plug for. To sell your stuff? Yes, yes I am. <laughs> Find me on Facebook and let go and offer up. No. <laughs> Just jokes, but yeah. So are you only selling locally? <sighs> yeah. Sorry, anyone that pay lives outside of Seattle. If you want to pay for shipping to get my <laughs> shitty coffee table, please do. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I'm really excited to be living with Kurt. It's pretty great. Yeah, so I'm excited far. to go so see So is this place. a new place for you both, or are you moving into his place? New place for us both. We are both nice. living with roommates, and now we are not. It is in Upper Queen Anne. For those that don't live in Seattle, it is a bougie-ass neighborhood. Um, like, it's like there's, like, two Teslas, four Mercedes-Benz, and a Porsche within a block radius of us. It's pretty freaking nice. That's where a lot of like, it's one of those neighborhoods in Seattle where it's like old, it's old like money, money, Seattle, old money. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, cool. Anything else you got to report on? That's really all that's going on in my life right now. I'm focused on that. And we, oh, we got a, I was telling you guys, we got a 4k TV, but we still don't have a couch. Do you have any 4k like devices? devices? Cause Trey has a 4k TV. But he doesn't have any 4K devices, so what's the fucking point? That's embarrassing. Well, it's <laughs> a... <laughs> Damn, I'm calling out Trey on here. He's going to listen to this and be so sad. Trey's favorite movie is Yes, Man. He doesn't listen oh. to this show. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, Trey. You're the worst. I forgot. No, um, awesome. 4K devices meaning <laughs> what? You got to have something that's like capable of... Yeah. Like a my Xbox One X is a 4k device not like most shit doesn't support 4k she could stream 4k content on her smart tv yeah it is it's a smart tv so right now we're just streaming if you have like a 4k like digital copy you can stream that from your apps on your tv but like to play like a 4k blu-ray or whatever you need like a 4k player Hmm. okay i don't think we have any players he's got a bunch of consoles i have a wii 
that's uh that's like 1k yeah there's some there's some pixels i guess um so netflix i mean i'm sure you guys have netflix right who pays for it me and it is for i do have the 4k plan and we i had already had that before you were paying for the 4k plan even though you didn't have a 4k because it's not extra on a plan it is a particular plan that has that it's the one that has four devices yeah it's where you can stream simultaneously yeah so you were already devices. paying for the 4k because the four i devices. because i needed multiple devices yeah oh okay yeah See, i had to i only had like the two device one mm. so i had to up when i got my tv I had to up no one. funny story actually i tried to recently like literally last month i was like i'm gonna downgrade this i don't now that kurt and i are moving in together because he uses my netflix i'm like i only need don't two devices <laughs> <laughs> well, i was like i only need two devices and then uh, and then we got the tv and i was like all right, I got to go back to the old one. Not going to save those $4 a month. Right. If you have Amazon Prime, there's no extra charge for their 4K content. I do have Amazon Prime. Also, Disney Plus is not charging. Boo. Upcharging for 4K. Oh, stuff. so just the base plan? You I mean, that's 4K? nice, but so I'm against Netflix Disney Plus. Netflix is going to have to come around, I think. They're going to put Netflix out of business. Your move, Netflix. You think so? <laughs> well, I think they're... The, big pool of netflix subscribers subscribe to watch marvel movies and the office both of which and are going to be leaving that platform <laughs> and friends Wait, all the of which office gonna... is leaving yeah well like i end know of 2020. i know friends is end of 2020 i think ah oh, what the fuck yeah and then all the marvel movies leave as soon maybe not i don't know what the timing is but they're all going to move over to disney plus right, so a, right. a lot of the Probably I did, a big part of their client base is going to jump ship. Or, I mean, the, yeah. the marketing for Disney Plus with all of the new, like, Marvel shows, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's got me intrigued. I'm against Disney Plus as a concept, oh, but... It's, it's the grossest thing ever. Yeah. Subscribing to a Disney subscription. I know. It's but just, Mandalorian looks dope. So. Yeah. <laughs> so many of them look good. Mandalorian was the number one where it was like... Fuck, I might have to do it just for that one. Well, I'm the only reason I'm getting it is because The Simpsons is going to be on it. <laughs> the Simpsons is going to be on there. The whole oh, series. You sold me. That's it. Sold me because I because they it's the same thing on FX Plus or whatever. But then like I don't care about anything else on FX Plus. Right, right. Like you FX does not got the movies. <laughs> um. Right. Well, that was the uh, the streaming. 4k power hour uh uh before we move on i'll just talk real quick i also went camping this weekend not much to report it was car camping drank beer ate some good food you know i thought you had a story from camping oh 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 yeah so um (laughs) it was very uneventful nothing happened (laughs) there were there were six of us um total but uh scott who you guys know and he's been on the show before. He was on the, the Dunkirk episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, we didn't have a reservation, so somebody needed to go to, like, a first-come, first-serve site and try and get a spot, right? So Scott volunteered to go Friday morning slash afternoon, but there's no reception out there. So it was like, he basically told us, if you hear from me, 
you're going to be hearing me tell you that I didn't get a spot. If you don't hear from me, assume that I made it. Right. But there were three campgrounds to choose from. So we were like, Haley and I were, because we weren't going to get there until Saturday afternoon because she had to work. So we were worried like we were going to, one, even if he's at the one campsite, we have to like go around the whole thing and hopefully recognize cars. If they're not there, we won't have reception. So then we have to ask for directions the next, you know, like it could have been a nightmare. But they were at that first campsite. And they were in the first, like, site in the grounds, so it was super easy to find them. But then we find out that when Scott showed up, all of the spots were were taken. So he, like, went to the host site, and he asked them, like, who hasn't paid up yet. And they told him there were two sites that hadn't paid for the following day yet. So he, like, went to one of the campsites. They said they were leaving in the morning, so he was going to take their campsite And then the host let him, like, pitch a tent on their site, basically on their part of the property, for free. interesting. So he just, like, pitched a tent in their site next to their, like, giant RV, stayed the night, and then moved into the vacant. So it ended up working out okay. But it could have been... It was close. It was dicey. Yeah. What a guy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good on Scott. I don't think... I think (laughs) I wouldn't have the wherewithal to do that. Be like, oh, can I just gooch in here next to you they offered oh okay yeah they, they were like you can you can pitch a tent so, we're not gonna charge you like you I mean, can just nice. stay here it was just him and it was well brady showed up too the, the two of them pitched tents on the property but oh yeah yeah pretty basic took pretty basic over. camping <laughs> fuck uh, you leave <laughs> and then uh real quick I, I was gonna tell a story that happened like an hour ago before you guys showed up i was outside smoking a cigarette and this guy walks up to me. I like I have my headphones on, so I see him walking toward me. I take my headphones off, and he's like, "Hey, do you ever uh, like chain up your bike over here?" And I was like, "No, I don't have a bike." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh well." So he tells me this story. He had his uh, bike locked up on like a bike rack. It's like outside my window for the viewers. It's like, I can see it from here. It's across the street. He had his bike set up there. Somebody cut the lock. And stole his bike. This was a couple days ago. Today, the bike has resurfaced next door, the property next door at that bike rack with a different bike lock. No way. So he was like, did somebody... The next door neighbors stole the bike? Well, so he doesn't actually know. It could have been somebody stole it, sold it, and then they just happened to live right there, not knowing it was a stolen bike or something, you know? Mm. Or, yeah, definitely I mean, could you really that. be so dumb? <laughs> like, the bike rack where it was is literally about 50 yards from where it is now. <laughs> oh, my so God. I doubt someone would be so stupid as to steal a bike and then move it across the street, you know what I mean? But what's more likely? Someone is V, V dumb and was like, I'm going to get away with this balls to the wall or someone was like here let me sell this random bike that it's stolen so they can't sell it like super publicly probably and then it just happens to end up at the apartment next door not buying it i don't know not (laughs) buying it i don't know so i that's weird i didn't get the guy's information I, i told him like, I, I, I told him the name of the property management company next door because it's the same one as my building. So I was like, Google them, call oh, them. Maybe they can help you. But it was definitely the property management company then. That stole the bike. Yeah. <laughs> if it's the same one, case closed. 
We'll keep us posted if you hear any updates. I don't know how I will. I really wanted to, but I didn't want to like. You're gonna need to get up your the guys. Game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I offered him. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm out here like every couple hours. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you. I'll confront if I see someone messing with a bike. I'll, I wouldn't confront them. I would, no. I would like, just be like, sound like I would just be like, oh shoot, and I would tell Haley like, you're not gonna believe it. I caught the thief. I didn't do anything, oh but they I saw them. <laughs> Matt's gonna pull a rear, rear window over here. Oh. Yeah, just <laughs> got nothing camp out. To do right now. <laughs> you should definitely camp out at your window. It does face that bike rack. No, if anything, I'll pull like a Charles Bronson like death wish and just like confront the thief and just like <laughs> shoot them in the head. Right. Vigilante justice. For the record, since I feel like this is going to end badly, I am against this plan. Just for, for later records, when the police are questioning you about this, I am against this plan. I'm all for it. We need another vigilant. <laughs> you reap what you sow. Uh, Matt so anyway, Man. I thought that was just a weird, Matt a weird story. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Mic drop. I'm leaving. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's let's get into our reviews. That's enough uh, enough dilly dallying. Oh, yeah. uh, first review, we're going to be discussing Ready or Not. We have a clip. Let's listen in. Whenever the Ludomasses are presented with a new addition to the family, we place a blank playing card into the box. Our initiate then has the privilege of drawing the card. And Mr. LaBelle will tell us which game to play. I got chess. I got old maid. Seriously, what the fuck is old maid? Fitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I just take out the card? My dear, it is your turn. Okay, Ready or Not is a new, what should we say, black comedy, horror, hybrid. It's a social thriller. A social thriller. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The plot synopsis reads, A bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Film stars Samara Weaving, Adam Brody... Marco O'Brien and a bunch of jabronis who have not been in anything that I can recall, so fuck them. Uh, only Travis and I saw this one. Uh, Paris is busy moving and all this stuff, so. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, so, probably won't spend a ton of time on this one, but. <clears throat> Travis, should I go first or do you want to go first on? Ready or not? Um, I'll go first. Liked it a lot. Um, thought it was very entertaining, and it got going pretty quickly. Didn't overstay its welcome. Always a plus. Um, I thought, what's her name? Samsara or Samara Weaving? <laughs> Samara Weaving, yeah. <laughs> thought she was good in it. Uh, would like to see her in some more stuff. She definitely... She was in The Babysitter. She was... The titular right. character, the babysitter in right. that film. But yeah, I would say she somewhat carried this movie, at least on performance level. I would say if it weren't for her performance, 
the movie would be it'd lose a, it'd be okay. a star. Right. It would be okay. <laughs> she really elevates the thing. Like I thought she was fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Like tonally the movie is like it's not scary. It's like there are some horror elements, but I would say probably half of like the horror set pieces are played for comedy as opposed to actual suspense. There's a good mix. Yeah. But you don't, you wouldn't go see this movie if you want to be scared per se. I but mean, it's pretty gory, but it's also like it is super like kind of goofy or like campy violence. Yes. And gore. It's campy and the movie <clears throat> knows it. Like even the script comes across just the things that are happening, lines of dialogue that the characters say, like they're kind of poking fun at how silly the premise is, but it plays it straight. And I think tonally it just like balances that perfectly. Question for y'all, because mm-hmm. I did see the trailer for this and I really wanted to see it. It sort of seemed like it was going for a Dark Shadows vibe, <clears throat> but maybe it sounds like did a better job of that. That sort of campy, um, you know, funny horror type. I never saw Dark Shadows. I also never saw Dark Shadows. Well, never mind then. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like Get Out a little bit. That's why I said social thriller. Um, it's like a class, but it's class based. It's like not those. as like smart, I would say, as Get Out. But it's no. it's definitely pretty clever. Um, <clears throat> the thing that I didn't really like about it was, even though I didn't like the ending, I didn't really think it made sense where it went ultimately, and. Also, I feel like any time the movie had to, like, progress or, like, make a big decision, it didn't really know how to handle that or didn't handle it as good as it could have. Like, it just seems like parts of the script were lacking a little bit or, like, even, like, some of the the relationships I didn't totally buy into or really care about. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but, um, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff was kind of weak. But when it's, like, playing in the genre and having fun and, like subverting expectations i thought it was very entertaining totally so like it's not it's not a perfect movie but i i kind of forgave a lot of its shortcomings just because i I thought it was so fun yeah and i thought samara weaving was so good in it like there's lots of these are kind of script issues but there's there are lots of instances where just geographically Within the film, there's a lot of conveniences, like characters will just show up, even though we just saw them somewhere else in the previous scene, you know? Just, like, it's kind of loose with the rules, you could say. Things that don't quite make sense, but they kind of break the reality of it. But I didn't, like, normally, if this movie was just going for, like, super serious horror, that would bother me more, because it's, like, breaking the reality, but the movie's pretty self-aware and goofy, and it's kind of going for a different thing. So those kind of slip-ups didn't really bother me. They were things that I noticed and ultimately, like, prevent it from being, like, a perfect movie or whatever. But um, really, really fun. Um, kept me guessing. I actually love the ending of this movie. I think I see where you're coming from as far as, like, the mystery, per se, behind all of the events. Yeah. But it's kind of a silly subversion of like a trope, you know what I mean? Like right. I don't want to be more specific than that just because you don't really know what's going on until maybe the last 20, 25 minutes, I would say. Yeah, I ultimately liked where it went. It just, I don't know, if you take a step back from it, like it doesn't totally make sense, I think, where it goes. And also just, I do think the movie's really clever and I liked how it was like subverting my expectations or keeping me guessing, but 
that almost came to a fault because they did it so many times. So I got used to it. You know what I mean? Like it was unexpected to, at first, but then you kind of yeah. learned and right, like, moving forward. You, yeah, sure. Yeah. So it sounds like there's maybe a big reveal the end of this. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a reveal. What would you call it? It's not a twist either. It's just a. <laughs> it's withholding of information. Like it. There's a reason why. I mean, you've seen it in the trailer. It's a, it's a rich family. We didn't even say this. So it's a, it's about a rich family. <laughs> uh, Samara Weaving is marrying into this family, and it it's seems um, like they're sort of like the Milton Bradleys, only spooky. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they 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 come from a family that they make they make games, right? So. They play this game, and you don't really know why, but the characters say... Basically, the family is doing it because they think they will die if they don't. So the reason That's what it seemed like. I mean, that I gathered that from, from the, the trailer. trailer right? Yeah. So you don't know why they think they'll die until the end of the movie. Like, that's... What okay. do we call it a reveal? It's just kind of withholding... Uh, so it just answers that question. Yes. I do like how they play with like i guess the social aspect of it or even just like just like kind of like a commentary on superstition oh totally i mean there's commentary on superstition there's commentary on like elitism within classes because they're all super rich and some of them are more pretentious than others and some of them are more uh traditional than others is adam brody in this yes Mm -hmm. did you mention him in, when top? I was reading the, he's a, oh he's a second build. Person. I like forgot he was in this, and I apparently didn't hear when you were reading off. He names. plays the brother of the groom. Yeah. Um, so, do you think it was? Uh, well, sorry, finish that thought. Oh, that was the end of that thought. Oh, okay. you, you can go ahead. Uh, do you think it was too expensive to get the rights for the Fuji song? Ready or not? <laughs> is that is that too close to like a? It's a little on the nose. A little on the nose. (laughs) I don't actually know what song you're talking about. Ready or not, here I come. I mean, I know that as a phrase. Ready or not, here I come. If you heard it, yeah. I just got done counting. I gotta go find you. Like that's if you heard the song, you would you would recognize it. Is it modern? Uh, like nineties, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. It's a banger. When you hear it for the first five seconds, you're like, oh, oh shit. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, <laughs> guess that's, I'm going to be listening to that on the way home. There was some kind of funny music choices, though. I mean, there's some like hide and seek song that they play. Excuse me. When the game starts, that was like, it's an older song. I don't think I'd heard it before, but yeah. The lyrics are like funny when knowing like it's what's like about a, it's to a happen. It's a small world type song. It's like really oh. silly and like kind of. Um, like maybe it might be on an old children's record. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's literally what it was. They played like an old record, and it was. Like Damn, one I'm of good. Those. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you think there'll be a um, sequel to this, or is this the uh, start of a franchise or anything? Um, I hope not. They don't really <laughs> leave any room for that to happen. Well, I was thinking they could maybe go like the prequel route, or like do more world building, just because. I feel like that was something that this movie was lacking a bit. And maybe it didn't really need it, but, like, it would have been kind of nice to know more of the rules or backstory of, like, the family and the games and how they all came to be. Because they 
they do spend a little bit of time on that, but it seems like they somewhat gloss over it just to get to the the thick of it. But I liked that they didn't spend very much time on that because the antics that they get into after that are so much more fun. You yeah, know? but and you are curious. Come on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are worse movies that could be turned into a franchise. I will say that. Yeah. But, I mean, we haven't really said that. The movie's really funny, too. I thought, anyway, I was laughing quite yeah. a bit. Both at, like, the set pieces and also just some of the writing. Um, there are problems with the script, but there was some stuff that, like you said, is really clever and made me laugh out loud. I also thought it looked pretty good for the most part, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, the way everything is, is lit. Mm-hmm. It's, like, lots of natural lighting. Because it's in, like, an old house, so it's, like, fireplaces and candles and everything's kind of dark, you know? Um yeah, kind of like some nice. of those hallway scenes in the favorite, you know. Oh yeah, but I mean, obviously not. Not on that quite level. as good. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know that. <laughs> you know, these are first time directors, so um, I'll be curious to see what they do moving forward. Yeah, I I don't know if it's really coming across. I really like this movie. Like, I know we're yeah, praising no, it, but like, I I really really <laughs> enjoyed it. <laughs> Um, I don't have much more to say beyond that. I don't think we really need to do spoilers. Also, because no. Paris hasn't seen it, so there's no there's no reason. To spoil I was just it. gonna go in the other room and say la 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 and cover my ears. <laughs> Plug your ears. No, um, no, we don't we don't need to spoil anything. Um, anybody who is a fan of horror movies, even if you're like worried, like ew, it's scary. I get spooked really easily. It's not a scary movie. It's what a about, fun movie. What about the other side, like people who are only really into horror movies? Cough, cough. My good friend Haley Tucker. <laughs> Only really into horror movies. Like, well, like that's that's what she'll go to the theater to see. I feel yeah. like she would dig it. Really funny so. or yeah. really like horror movies. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it plays with tropes, like subverts expectations. It's funny. There's lots of gore in it. Okay. It's very entertaining. Yes, that's its biggest mark. All right. <laughs> All right. You want to drop a star rating on this bad boy? I'm giving it four point five. I Whoa. am also giving it 4.5. Whoa! It could have been a 5. Like, if it weren't for some of those, like, script issues where it was like, this could have, like, you could point to things and be like, this could have been better. There are things that could have been done to approve the movie. So it's like, it's kind of held back a little bit. And also some of the supporting performances aren't great. Um, yeah, you- I think for, like, what it's going for, it pretty much nails it. Totally. So. Yeah, so it's like you can only really give it so much credit because it's not like revelatory. Right. It's just like <laughs> it's set out to do something and it fucking nailed it. Cool. Well, I'm definitely going to go see it. Yes, you should. It probably won't stick around in theaters for too long. Do you long. know how well it's doing? I'm like box office wise. I know critically it's doing pretty well. It's doing okay. I know it's going to be making money. But, yeah. I mean, we're getting to Oscar season and there's also like some it's it chapter 2 comes out next weekend, so it's probably going to get pushed oh, out dude. pretty quick. So stoked. Right. Oh yeah. This wasn't a Blumhouse movie though, was it? Uh no. I think it might have been Fox Searchlight if I'm I think not you're mistaken. right. But it was weird because the whole time going into this i thought it was a blumhouse it feels movie. like a blumhouse movie, and then right? like i was waiting for like the logo to pop up at the beginning yeah and it didn't <laughs> can you maybe remind me what are some blumhouse blumhouse is just like a a big horror production company get out is technically a blumhouse feature the purge movies are blumhouse they're Conjuring. like the a24 there... for like genre movies is but, there like, opening credit 
something like a shadow in a corner, like a girl in it's a like corner. It's like a chair in a corner. Yeah, a chair in a corner. Looks okay. kind of, looks kind of shitty. Yeah. The graphic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Blumhouse. Their whole thing is making low budget, original idea genre movies, but they're usually like always financially successful. Cool. Yeah, it's like low to modest budget. That's how they make their profit. But like, I think the reason why they've kind of blown up is because they picked really good projects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they've just built a reputation for like if they're not putting up good the selection. Shit, I mean, they're putting even out Split and Glass are on Blumhouse. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. Huh? And the Purge franchise and. I mean, the Purge franchise came out of nowhere as being awesome. Well, the first, first one Purge sucks. was bad, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So, like, that was bad, and everyone was kind of like, eh, these movies, and they kept making them, and I was like, these are going to be hot dog garbage. Mm-hmm. And then they were just, like, kind of great. Well, this is way better than any of the Purge movies. Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next review. We're going to be discussing the Peanut Butter Falcon. We have another clip. Let's listen. New rule is you can't slow me down. You understand? Put those on. So what I say is go. I say jump, you say how high. How high? There it is. Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. And you're going to carry your own weight. You are in charge. That's right. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should have our own secret handshake. What kind of secret handshake? For what? Bud, dude, friend. Let's do friends handshake. All right, yeah. let's go. Hurry up. All right, three of those, four of those, one of those. Now what? Like that. Yeah. Only one special shit happens, though, huh? Yeah, uh, special thing. Okay, we're back. The Peanut Butter Falcon is written and directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz. They share credits. Film stars Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, Zach Gotsigan, John Hawks, Thomas Hayden Church, Bruce Dern, and John Bernthal. Don't forget about Yellow Wolf. Yeah, I didn't even know he's he was in this, in this movie, but <laughs> yeah. he plays a character named Rat Boy. And is it a spoiler <gasps> to name all the... Yeah, don't. Uh, no. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Wait, 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 wait. Was Rat Boy the young one or the old one? Young, right? He was the one with all the tats. Yeah, I thought he looked so familiar. Okay, that makes I know the name Yellow Wolf, but I don't know who the fuck Yellow Wolf is. He's like a rapper? Who is he? Right? In- yeah. Some sort of musical artist. He's from Alabama. Anyway. Yeah, apparently he was in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The plot synopsis reads, Zach runs away from his care home to make his dream of becoming a wrestler come true. Paris, you're the guest of honor. You want to go first? You can default to me if you don't want to go first, but... Um, I'll go first. I enjoyed this movie. It was really heartwarming without without being too cheesy and overall i left the theater feeling very nice and content like i got a hug from a large <laughs> teddy bear yeah that's that's the perfect way to describe this movie it's like a big hug yeah <laughs> um 
Yeah, to kind of piggyback on that, like, you read that plot synopsis, you look at the trailer, and it seems like it could come across, like, all the pitfalls are there of, like, a quirky, low-budget, like, indie comedy. You know what I mean? Like This it, is it, like a poster child for Sundance. It has the trappings <laughs> there, yes. It absolutely could just be another one of those. But I think... I fucking love this movie. I'll just say that up front. Yep. I think it's successful because... It does have some of those quirky beats, but it didn't feel too forced. There were maybe a couple instances where it was like it was clearly going for emotional impact and it felt it felt a little manipulative. But overall, I think the movie does a good job of not being too sentimental or too like saccharine, like overly sweet. Like it is a very sweet movie, but it's not crazy, like ugh, like over the top, unrealistic garbage sweetness you know what i mean um and shia labeouf i think is a revelation this is the best <laughs> best performance i've ever seen from him like i was kind of floored by how good he was honestly i think shia labeouf is one of the best actors of our generation as a person what? he's crazy name one other shia labeouf movie where he like kills it i don't know wild honey go that american honey that's what i meant i don't <laughs> know if i'd go that far but i feel like he's He's doing what he does in other roles. Like this, this performance didn't really surprise me. It felt on par with some of his other performances. Yeah, because he's done great in other things. Too. I think he's trending in that direction for sure. But up until recently, I kind of associated Shia LaBeouf with like Transformers, Disturbia, Holes, even Stevens. You know, like he was a very commercial right. actor. And then it. At first, it felt like when he was branching out, he's like, I want to be taken seriously. It seemed like it wasn't really working. And then he kind of took a break. And then now everyone's like, oh, Honey Boy's coming out. Found Peanut Butter Falcon. Totally. Like, I, I see impression out a bit. Have y'all seen Nymphomaniac? I've seen part one. Well, he's, yeah. he's in part one. I didn't only, think he was only... good in it. Okay, well. I also just kind of hated that, that movie, movie in general, but. Okay, no. but aside, I'm not. That's <laughs> fine. We don't example. need to. We don't need to talk about the movie. But like, I thought his performance in that was also his like the beginning of him like becoming a great actor. Mm-hmm. Well, he so um, the the character of Zach, he's um, mentally handicapped and he breaks out of his care home because he wants to be a wrestler. So he's like on his own. It it definitely feels like. It has, like, kind of Mark Twain, like, old, like, turn-of-the-century story vibes, you know what I mean? They even mention Mark Twain in it. Mm-hmm. They do, yeah. yeah. It very much feels like that, because it's set in the south, they're floating all along the river, you know what I mean? So it feels inspired from that. The The first movie that came to mind um, was Mud. Yeah, me too. It totally got Mud vibes. See, that's interesting. I thought Swiss Army Man... Yeah, I and a that little bit—that was the first <laughs> one I thought. I didn't think mud, but that's a good one. And a little bit um, of like a better kind of like Captain Fantastic vibes, which I know is like very, very different. Am I saying that wrong? No, I just—I like Camp- Captain Fantastic a lot. I didn't like it as much as you did, but I'm saying like different. But I, I got the similar like yeah, same type feeling of vibe. out of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's a certain all those movies share a certain like physical nature and. Um, yeah, so, uh, the movie kind of rides the line between, like, being overly sentimental and being, like, heartwarming, 
And I think it does, it walks that tightrope perfectly. Cause I never felt that it was trying too hard to make me feel sadness or to, to laugh, you know, like it all felt earned. And I think you can attribute a lot of that to the chemistry between Zach and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Like their banter and just 100%. the way they, they, yeah. way they interact, it just felt so natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I love Shia LaBeouf so much in this movie. Cause it just like the chemistry between those two, like they, the the progression of those two characters very very standoffish at first you know what i mean yeah and then very quickly they're like best buds and just the things that they say and well they just they just have like a lot of good moments together oh totally and maybe that's why you're praising him more than just like some of his previous roles is because he is working with a handicapped person and yeah. just like watching him like it's just like it's so seamless oh yeah like, totally yeah um so i haven't given my initial impression but i liked it a lot as well uh i pretty much agree with what you guys are saying i think the the strong suits are the lead performances and then just their chemistry um but like i feel like the story was kind of lacking a bit like the ending felt a little like a little abrupt yeah i felt like it wrapped up a little too neatly and like where it went just was kind of weird for that to be like the climax and like even just like i loved it but just like even like how some of the characters react and handle that like final sequence or so like was kind of weird to me and we can probably talk about it a bit in spoilers so maybe one of the reasons that it reminded me of swiss army man was because I think they have the same sort of plot structure where you're going along and having this kind of fantastical adventure for most of the movie. And at the end, reality kind of comes back around and it's kind of like, oh yeah, this is actually might be some sort of fantastical adventure, but this is set in the real world and there's actual real consequences. And then it kind of skirts around that a little bit and it's like, just kidding. Well, I mean, if anything, it's it's a little bit of the opposite of Swiss Army Man because like the climax of Swiss Army Man is like the the fantasy just comes crashing down and it just gets super real and heavy out of nowhere. And awkward. This movie is like the peak. <laughs> there are like little elements of like storybook fantasy stuff throughout it, but when it really like the the like over the top like that could never happen happens in the climax of the movie and we maybe we can come back to that if we if we do spoil and i know what particular part you're talking about and that's the part of that scene that bothered me the least it was just like how it came to be and then just how it played out and like the movie wraps up pretty shortly after that and it all just felt very like just kind of easy and like they were definitely going for well that's kind of a spoiler if i say that but um yeah <laughs> i think I, th- I think they kind of knew how the movie was going to begin and how the movie was going to end yeah and then the stuff in the middle i love it but it does feel like they had a clear idea of how they wanted the movie to end and then by the time they got to it they were like oh shit like it's right here right i guess we just need to wrap it up quickly which they do it didn't really bother me i i I love the climax. It, it does feel a little neat, but I don't know. Well, I, yeah. I wasn't bothered by it. Like Dakota Johnson's character and performance, I, it was fine, but like... I never love her 
performances. Like, I always feel like she was fine. She yeah. was okay. She got outshined a bit. Like, this was no different. I thought she was good in it. I thought her character was maybe a little weak because they... There's She's a not progression. very well. Exactly. Exactly. It moves a little bit too quickly and it's maybe not believable, but it, it fits in with the kind of sweet tone of the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? So I, get, I guess I forgive it a little bit for moving quick because that's not really what the story is about yeah it's her character so she's there and i get why they went that way but some of her stuff also seems a little convenient and also just not that she took away from like scenes or the movie itself but like i could have easily done without her and her plot line and the movie might have been better for it yeah but i mean you also look at so there's an issue. The same issue applies to her character and John Hawks and Yellow yeah. I want to bring them up too. Like the tracking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like consistently through the whole movie, both of those two separate parties are like following master. Like how? <laughs> I get. I, I guess like you can kind of suspend your disbelief for John Hawks and Yellow Wolf because they're like buying. I was. Men, I know? was gonna say that. I thought that their characters following. Um, Following them made sense to me. But like, there's only so like they're in a boat. They're following along the trail. There's only so many places you could go. And they clearly know and the area. And they're they're you know? familiar with the area. They know her following along and happening, happening, hap yeah, happening. She does hap- have a hunch though. She she goes on her little Sherlock when, Holmes adventure and f- fair <laughs> enough. But when they happen to be in the same convenience store at the same time. That was probably very convenient. I did love the movie. <laughs> that was probably the only part of the movie that I was like, "Oh come on, really?" That I'm more okay with that. I'm less okay with because like I get that she has a hunch, but there's a difference between knowing where the end goal is and f- somehow finding them along the way. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like basically geographically, we're moving from. I think Georgia, North so, South Carolina. That was the other thing I did want to ask you guys about. What was going on with that geography? Because I was a little, is it like a bay? Is it like a delta? Like, what is that area? Is it, it looked like islands off the North Carolina, the Carolinas? That's Isn't what that? it looks like on the map. That's what I, I thought the map kind of said. I thought they like, were going from Louisiana to Florida. Yeah, I was thinking it was in the Florida area. Well, well they, they were end, going to Florida. They, well, no, they end up in Florida. Yeah. But, like, Zach wasn't going to Florida. That's not where the school was. He was, he was on the way. Yeah, so I guess South Carolina must have been I where feel they like, started. I, I feel like that maybe. That was another thing that I think it didn't. I don't think it took away from the movie, but I felt like it gave it sort of like a fantastical element almost because it seemed like this wild place that I like so far out of reach of anything that I've ever experienced. But I feel like if you were from more native to that area, it might feel less so. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're probably spending too much time on the like nitpicky stuff. Yeah, sure. but And I don't want to come off as too negative because I did like it a lot. But there are a lot of conveniences. And I just feel like if they spent a little more time on the script or like maybe had like someone a little more experienced, it might be a better movie. But 
I think the things it does well does it really well. So I did want to say that I went into this movie. Um, originally, Matt and I were going to go see Dora. And then, what are you laughing at? It got eighty-two percent. That's what. That's why I know Matt wanted to see Dora, and I was like, "Oh, you stupid baby!" But then (laughs) it got really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and so I was like, "All right, dude, I'll totally see it with you. Like, let's do it." This wasn't showing up here, so he suggested Peanut Butter Falcon. I was kind of like, "Okay." You know what? So you yes saw the trailer. I had seen the trailer multiple times. I, I was not. not looking forward oh, to it. Seen the trailer at all? I knew almost nothing about this movie other than I knew Doug Benson. It was his favorite movie of the year so far. Interesting. And I knew Shia LaBeouf was in it. That's literally all I knew about this movie. I went in definitely thinking it was going to be. I'm not much of a like heartfelt make you cry like those are not i don't actively like those movies i try to avoid those but like this i was pleasantly surprised this rode the line of like um nice without being cloying cloying yeah exactly like it 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 was trying but not too hard and even the ending like i shed one single tear (laughs) That was the only time I cried during the movie, and I didn't really cry. Matt actually cried. Well, baby. Of course I did. <laughs> Stupid baby. Um, but, like, I teared up a little bit. My eyes got a little glassy. But, like, it was, like, a nice, perfect, like, big, warm hug, like I said earlier. Can you can you guess the part that made me cry? Hmm. It wasn't the ending? It'd have to be before the ending, I feel like. Right? No. She's right. At the very end? No. Like, no, I'm not, I can't guess. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, we'll do this. Was it a, not a the very end? No, the very, no. That's the part that made me, like. <laughs> I feel like we're about ready to get into spoilers, yeah. right? Okay. So we'll, we'll circle back to that in a second. But any other general things you want to say about it before we give our star ratings? No. It good. It great. Okay, star ratings. 4.5. 5. 5. You guys are crazy. I was maybe a little generous for both of these movies, but... Generous? Yeah. Just ever so slightly. Are you in a good mood, Travis? When are you generous? Uh... I don't know. These movies are in in between like a 4 and 5. Both movies, I think. Well, we, we didn't really talk about it, but I feel like you'll connect with me on this like the wrestling tie-ins like i was a huge wrestling yeah, fan was, when i was younger you know it was a little it was very sweet i mean we've, we've used that word a bunch but i i liked the way that they tied that in it felt it felt organic to that character yeah you know what i mean i it i agree sense. and i liked that um i liked that toward the end when you find out are we in spoilers Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say like I wasn't. I was gonna say when you find out, and then like. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So timestamp. I'll put it in now. If you do not want to be spoiled, go ahead and skip ahead. Spoilers. Paris, go ahead. Okay. So when you find out that the wrestling school is closed, which makes sense because he had a fucking VHS tape that you know I was like, damn, how old is that tape? That had clearly been well watched. Cute and funny. In oh no, way. it was perfect. <laughs> it it seemed exactly right. But it also feels like like a quirky indie thing. The right. fact that he had yeah. this, you know, 
a VHS tape and they go on this journey and like, and, and they're very, they're, they're Mark Twain in it on the raft that they made across the river. And yeah, it was, it was good. But, but I appreciated that even when the wrestling school shut down, it, it came back around the, oh God, what was his name? The Saltwater, Saltwater Redneck. Redneck. Saltwater Redneck. Killer. We didn't, even, we didn't even mention Thomas Hayden Church at no. all. No. Oh, well, because yeah. I think we were trying to stay away from the wrestling stuff, right? Yeah. I don't think you mentioned wrestling once. Did this give you a Waterboy vibe at all? <laughs> Just because of the setting? Like Captain Insane. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> um... Yes, so the wrestling stuff. So Paris did not know who the wrestlers were, like the the, the cameos, we'll say. Yeah. Um, we got, as the bad guy, the heel in the wrestling ring, we got Jake the Snake. I did recognize so, him. Has he been in other stuff? They made a documentary about him. I don't think he's about really like so. <laughs> yeah, like I know. Yeah. yeah, they did. Oh, about right. That one he's documentary I watched the about Jake him. the Snake documentary. <laughs> he... he <laughs> He had a really, really hard life. It's a really good documentary, actually. I can't remember. Um, it's not just called Jake the Snake, is it? It's no, like, it's like resurrecting the resurrecting the snake or, or something like that. Or, uh, no, that's a like Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's really good. It's really good. Um, so Jake the Snake was the uh, the Samson, and then the referee was Mick Foley, aka Mankind, aka Cactus Jack, aka Dude Love. <laughs> A.K.A. one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Too many A.K.A.s. A.K.A. I don't know if he's the current general commissioner of <gasps> oh Rob, but at one point he was the general commissioner. Anyway. So when they popped up, I was like, Ugh. When he popped up, dream. I was like, that's got to be him. Cream dream. But it, it didn't took me a really look like It took me a second. I mean, it looked like him, but it also didn't look like How him. How old is that guy? Mick Foley? He's probably, probably. pushing 60. No. The yeah. announcer? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got to be in his fifties or something. The 60s. guy with brown hair. He started wrestling in the like mid eighties. I thought he was in his thirties. What? Whoa. You're just saying that because that's like your type, like Jesus big Christ. beard lumberjack looking dude. I thought he was hot when I watched. <laughs> that's why I was as a child. He was a full grown man. He was like, older. He was yeah, one of the older yeah. wrestlers too. I mean, yeah, what totally. can I say? I like them young daddies. He's probably I'm, I'm like 56 is my guess. He's 54. He had brown hair though. He 54. did not have any gray hair. So it was He might get a color. It was Trixie. Yeah, who knows. He's 50. He's being Trixie. He's trying to look younger. I'm not at fault. He hot. It's I don't fine. think he cares about his looks to be honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you've seen him in the ring, you know that guy does not give a fuck about what he looks like. Real quick tangent. Greatest wrestling match of all time, Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell, 1999. That anyway, was pretty amazing. Or, hey, the dumpster match on, I think it was Raw, was amazing, where it was uh, him and the, Rock? the Outlaws versus him in, uh, it was the, what's his name? Um, it's like Cactus Jack and his other, his tag Dude team Love? teammate. No, oh, his teammate. It was uh, like, ha- not Hacksaw. When I started watching wrestling, he was already Mankind. So I, I only have like a, my familiarity with Cactus Jack and Dude Love is very like historical. You know what I mean? Like oh, he was always okay. Mankind when I watched wrestling. Well, anyways, there was an amazing dumpster match on one Raw a long time ago with them. What does that mean? Uh, I, 
I forget the rules, but you might have had to like throw them both in the dumpster and close it, and then that's <laughs> the win. <laughs> oh, that's but so chaos good ensues. and so well, dumb. Don't forget Mankind versus The Rock. I quit match where The Rock defeated Mankind, but it turns out I don't remember who was behind it, but somebody like and I quit matches. The loser has to leave the WWF forever. But like they played like a clip of mankind saying I quit and the whole thing was like I didn't actually say I quit. Oh, that right. was Vince McMahon or whatever trying to get me out and then they had a rematch and anyway. Killer. I'm sure the listeners are riveted by but this that WWF. Sounds Undertaker case super match was amazing. Wasn't cool. that the one with the tax all over the and like they were That like, is the one where he had a giant hole in his lip. Ugh. Paris, you pay attention to this? No, <laughs> Mankind had a hole in his lip. There's an iconic scene from the match where Mankind is, he's like, it looks like he's like smiling. He's got blood all over his face and it looks like he's smiling. He's actually trying to poke his tongue through the hole in his lip, but it looks like he's smiling. Oh my God. It's the cream dream. I'm really glad I tuned back in for that. Um, anyway. That was the wrestling tangent. Back to <laughs> Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, actually, I had a fun fact for that during that scene. Did you guys notice that Zach was wearing one of Shia LaBeouf's shirts? And it was a Gravedigger shirt. I did notice Oh, the that. Monster Truck one, yeah. Yeah, and I only know that because I recently went to that Monster Truck rally. Recently. It I was saw, like a month ago. I saw a Gravedigger when I was like probably 10 years old. Yeah. Nine or 10 years old. Yeah, that was my first monster truck jam when I went like six months ago or whenever. Is this still the same person so driving like, Gravedigger? Like Twenty years too late. No, <laughs> just <kidding>. not um. <laughs> I'm still sure great. Still, fun. Yeah, still I'm great. Sure yeah, still fun. it was just as much fun. Wait, so another quick tangent, Gravedigger. That's like I that's would the say name the of most. The- the truck. most iconic truck. So it's not like it's not the same driver. No, 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 no. Monster trucks are bullshit. <laughs> I want like when I think Gravedigger, like there sh- it should be the same guy driving it. I don't want to see it. It's like honestly, I was a little playing like Jason. Like oh, I like the Kane Hodder version of Jason. Right. It's like oh, I like the the Jeff. Who's that fucking NASCAR driver? Je- the Jeff Gordon version of Gravedigger. You know. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. It's bullshit. Travis got, he got, he got I was <laughs> only disappointed when I saw Gravedigger and he didn't have like a giant shovel on the front of his truck. Because that would have been cool. That's oh, what I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> you make me listen to wrestling and then you... <laughs> um, well, so now that we're in spoilers, the the when I was referring to like the, the, the peak fantasy element... Yeah, what were you... So when he lifts the guy over his, his head? His favorite move was the atomic throw. Yeah. And then the saltwater redneck basically says, oh, no, that's just impossible. Like, it was, like, rigging. Like, we had, yeah. like, ropes and stuff. Um, which, that, that rang a little false for me. Because clearly yeah. that's possible. I've seen... I'm sure Brock Lesnar has, could do that. Oh, Undertaker. He's probably, like, did it in his sleep. He's probably more <laughs> saying that is impossible for me to do. Uh, sure. They faked that for me. They would just zoom in on my face. Right. It, that was. So what fake. about the crowd watching the show? Paid extras. Well, like that just seems lame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless it's not like a. Maybe it was like a regional. They they really don't get into how big of a rest. Like yeah, it's clearly important to the area, but I don't know. 
how big of a wrestler he actually was anyway but yeah i mean but did you think that zach could actually lift that guy because i felt like maybe i mean they do elude the whole to movie the strength. that is strength strong very strong <laughs> strong bud well so when that happened that's the part that made me tear up because it was like a culmination of this character's journey that made you tear they up they said he couldn't do it well one you fucking wrestling ass wrestling. bitch yes <laughs> but also it's just like he was getting his ass kicked in there you know yeah what I mean? that like, was it was that like was, that was hard, hard to, watch. to watch that was hard to watch that was like part of the biggest problem i had with the ending was like i didn't necessarily believe jake the snake's terribleness being such a dick yeah like why uh, do you understand that he's like this is for him it's not for you like (laughs) well i think the the point was this guy is just a regular like the jake the snakes character was just like a regular assholey type guy the saltwater redneck clearly had a soft spot for zach jake the snakes character didn't fucking care about Zach. Who's this fucking kid? Oh, you're gonna make me fake wrestle this but dumb he knows kid? That he's like, like mentally handicapped. Oh but yeah. Still, I, mean, I feel like, like he's he was just an asshole. He's like, you're gonna make me wrestle this this kid. Fine, I'm gonna wrestle this fucking kid. I'm gonna show you how I wrestle this kid. I'm gonna fucking take him out. Like I don't yeah. know. That I seemed, think it was like a thing. Whatever. It's know. his scene. <laughs> I read it as like this is my like I'm like the big I'm the big dog here. Who do you think you are telling, telling me I'm gonna me, lose? I'm gonna yeah. throw a fight to this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Look I like a like fool in front of the all these people. Saltwater redneck could have you know gave him a little elbow, over over nudge. Like, yeah, like come should've. on, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. But then you wouldn't have had the moment where it's like this like right super like. <laughs> Uh, in, in like emotional music, he picks them up. Bum, bum, when he bum, throws bum, them, bum, I bum. I laughed. It was so funny. But it, it was like, it was funny. It was perfect. While like, you cried, yeah, I was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I was not sobbing, but I was. Don't like, believe him. He was sobbing along with all the other old people in our theater. Played into all my interests, you know. It was great. Oh, I teared how up. About, a- how about the whole like crowbar incident? Shia LaBeouf getting... Uh, it felt a little abrupt. Five minutes, they're there, ready to pounce. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what? Well, they had talked specifically about a crowbar previously. No, I know, but just them showing up at the match. The timing of it. The yeah. Timing of it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, there was a lot of convenience. I wanted to see Zach kick their ass. <laughs> well, see, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought he was going to throw t- the into guy them. Yeah, into totally. them, and then they get knocked out. I was like, Tag boom! <laughs> that would have been amazing. But to be fair, that might have taken it a little into the more too goofy, too silly, like, yeah. too, like, oh, we're in a cartoon now, and they just fell over like yes. bowling pins. You're, like, you're totally right, but I think... I, I'm gonna speak for you here. I feel like as wrestling fans, that would have totally played into like the wrestling angle, like having him throw him and knocking over. That's the what I was expecting. Time. It's 100 percent what I was expecting. Yeah, totally. Alternate ending. I would have loved that <laughs> director's cut. <laughs> but then for all the wrestler fans, yeah, and then they could have just like gone to Florida and it could just, still could have had the same ending. His head just wouldn't have been like wrapped up in. Yeah. The- How do you guys feel about them going to Florida? Oh, I get 
Zach, I mean, that's the only way you make the movie work is by having them be like a little happy family. You know what I mean? Did you think it made sense for her to go to Florida? No, I do think they had to rush. Like, this movie could have been longer. Like, I do think they could have developed it more, but they didn't. Trying to create like a love interest. It felt unnecessary. Yeah. I don't buy it. Didn't buy it. It felt unnecessary. And also, like, clearly she has a soft spot for uh, wounded hillbillies. (laughs) No, I was going to say people who need some taken care of. Um, But her character was so poorly developed that I didn't care. Like, the ending, I was like, I'm glad that they're all going to Florida. But mostly I'm glad that Zach and Shia LaBeouf's character are going to Florida. She's just like the person that can probably buy them a car easiest, I guess. Like the only one that has money. So like from a practical standpoint, she needs to be there. But like when she talked about, oh, my dead husband, I was like, what? Who? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) There's not really much room for her in the movie. You know what I mean? So I I don't blame... Like, I thought Dakota Johnson was pretty good with what she was given. She was fine. fine. Yeah. She was fine. (laughs) I think the movie being, like, 95 minutes or however long it is, very whimsical. Like, I think it all came together. Sure, they could have, like, developed her character better, but that would have extended the running time. And there's there's certain sacrifices I think they had to make. It could have taken away also from the sort of story like feel like just like a nice buddy element. Yeah, I think it would have taken away from the movie, but it did give it a little bit of I don't know what you'd call it, unrealisticness if that's a word. (laughs) Also, how sad was it when he, like, was in the waiting room, in the emergency room, like, blowing out his candles on his cake? Because the whole movie, he was like, you want to come to my birthday party? Oh, like, God. He I spent was, it, uh, like... I couldn't. I, that was, I was having a hard time with that. That was one of those touches that, like, feels a little manipulative, but just, just because of the tone of the rest of the movie, and they had clearly alluded to the fact that his birthday was coming up, like, yeah, it felt a little forced and see and i didn't even talking about it yeah it feels forced but in the movie i was like oh, <laughs> this is Spanish birthday alone it, it worked for sure <laughs> um that's about all i got anything else you guys want to mention about peanut butter falcon the sweetest part in the movie what i think it was like a flashback where they like the moment has already happened between them two but they're like the movie's like reminiscing and playing it back and I think Shia's character, like, asks if he just wants to, like, do the handshake or, like, oh, tap it or pound yeah. it out or whatever. And he's like, yeah. no, I want a real hug or whatever. Yeah. Like, a full oh, hug or whatever yeah. instead yeah. of just, like, a, a tap Like or a bro tap. Yeah. That, that was, was really cute. sweet. <laughs> I also thought um, they spent some time with Shia Buff's like, back, so some flashbacks to his time with his father. and Brother. Didn't... Brother. Brother, dude. That was his brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what? Older brother. They didn't do anything with that. Like, it's kind of seemed like it was building towards something. I think they were just, like, just giving him some they gave, backstory. They gave, to show that he's actually they gave a good him guy. a little... Yeah, like, try and like, tie make, it like, into like their he, relationship. he was a good guy. He lost his brother. He fell on hard times. And he's kind of living rough and doing what he's got to do because of that. Like, he's stealing, but it's... it's he's a victim he's of not, circumstance. Right. And he's not a bad person. And also, Phil, like, kind of explained why he was so easily let Zach into his life. 
Yeah, he was resistant at first, but it, it didn't take much. Yeah, he came around pretty quick. Yeah, it's pretty much a push-up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. You think that was uh, Joe Bernthal just doing Shia a favor since they're buddies from uh, Fury? I didn't see Fury. I didn't even know they oh. were both in it. Yeah. The fuck? Well, they're both like they're two of the four main characters in Fury. Oh, well, it's Fury. It's like a war movie with Brad Pitt, Shia, Joe Bernthal, and one other guy. Uh, what's that guy's name? David, um, the director. God, that sounds David so Ayers. familiar. David Ayers, yes. It's good. I liked it a lot, but... It, I haven't seen it. I love war movies, so... It's fucking Tracer Yeah, bullets. you do. So <laughs> <rad>. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to move on? Let's yep. do it. All right, let's move on to what we've been watching. Um, I got a couple things. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Actually, Travis, you know what? Let's let's tag team this one. Let's do it. The Amazing Jonathan. Oh, yes. We have to talk Is that not about what this. you thought I was going to say? Uh, no. <laughs> I was like, well, I wasn't sure what you were going to say. But the I, Amazing Jonathan. You know what this is, Paris? I have no clue. This is a Hulu documentary about... A, mu- a musician, a magician named the Amazing Jonathan. He's very popular in like the eighties and nineties, um, and then he was diagnosed with terminal—is it cancer? Some sort of. Cancer. I can't remember exactly, but he was given a terminal diagnosis, and the movie is basically about his career. Um, and then it goes some places from there. It starts as like a you know a normal documentary about this guy's life, and then it just kind of gets crazy from there. Um, Travis, I'll let you uh, pick up from there. I gotta use the bathroom real quick well, to take care of this shitty cat. I probably shouldn't Great spoil cat. much, so I'll try and keep it brief. Um, but yeah, you, like Matt said, oh my god, <laughs> not gonna meow on cue there, huh, Morrissey? <laughs> Dude. Shaking cat syndrome. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> cat shaking that, Matt shaking that cat like a baby. All right. So Amazing Jonathan. Uh, yeah. Matt set it up. So it's basically a traditional documentary about getting to know someone and their career. But then you soon. Def- so this is going to be like, I guess, mild spoilers or like. I guess spoilers for this if you want to so go in completely fresh. Skip ahead like 10 seconds. <laughs> no, probably a little bit longer. Than oh, 10 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> skip ahead. Matt will figure it out. <laughs> but you come to find out that there's more than one crew making a documentary about this guy. Oh, what? Yeah. That's odd. I feel like you can't really talk about this documentary without spoiling a bit of it but i guess it just really depends on what you consider a spoiler or not okay um but yeah i I like this movie all right uh it's kind of annoying and i could see how people could hate it oh no (laughs) but then i could also see people finding it really interesting because it it somewhat like deconstructs like a documentary in itself oh okay and like yeah it gets very like personal for the filmmaker interesting okay but that's the part that i found kind of problematic because i didn't really care about the director's story or right struggles, you cared more about the subject even though it organically like fit into the story 
Mm. Um, so I I was saying how difficult it, it is to talk about this movie without spoilers. He fucking spoiled it for me. But <laughs> it's also, I guess, what do you consider a spoiler? Because we're not really spoiling much. We're just kind of spoiling how the documentary plays out. Maybe that is a spoiler. <laughs> I did think... So I, I get why you say, like, what do you consider a spoiler? Because part of the fun for me was, like, the escalation of, like, the circumstances behind the making of the documentary that I thought was most interesting. Yeah. And you were alluding to, like, the director inserting himself into the story. It makes sense, given the context. We're talking around it because we don't want to, you know, give spoilers. It makes sense why he did that, but I do mm-hmm. agree that that was my least favorite part of the documentary. Yeah, because I feel like anyone could go that route when they, like, you know, hit a, what, fork in the road? Is it? <laughs> you know, you come to, a, like, a... A wall? A halt. Yeah, like a, a hardship that you have to, you know, go through or whatever. And so he basically inserts that into his movie rather than, like trying to find a way around it because i don't know i feel like this has never been done before like and actually executed through its entirety the way he did it but like i don't know i just find it kind of like it's not like really self-indulgent it just it the whole thing is kind of weird like do you think (laughs) someone who went in wanting to learn more about this magician would be disappointed no I don't think so. I think you get enough of his story, but as it plays out, it does it gets it's less and less focused on like what on you him. think the documentary is going to be. Sounds like a documentary tailored for you two people <laughs> sitting across the table from me. <laughs> no, I think if anything, I think people who are not as familiar with like the structure of documentaries might find it more entertaining. I think there are issues that arise from the way that the film is constructed that if anything, bring it down for me and Travis. I think someone who maybe doesn't watch a lot of documentaries and they just want to watch something. It's like a combination of a life story mixed with a making of like a mystery. I don't know if I go so far as to call it a mystery, but there's like, it's one of those documentaries that starts out as one thing and turns into another. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because um, most documentaries, you're telling a contained story about your subject. But what's interesting about this one is that there's like wrenches thrown in the works that affect what the filmmaker is doing. Right. So the way he went about doing it was inserting himself into the equation. Right. And it kind of becomes about that, which is interesting if you don't watch a ton of documentaries. And even if you do, like I watched a ton of documentaries. Yeah. Basically, only I found documentaries. It, I found it quite interesting if not great yeah i don't know i think the thing i had a problem with mostly was that i've seen a few of these documentaries and it seems like they're coming out at a more frequent rate these days um just with the whole like the subject kind of turning into something else and like i feel like i'm kind of primed for that now kind of like how we were talking about ready or not like you're learning, so yeah. you're like kind of expecting it. So, like, it. as this movie's playing out, I, like, it, the surprises or reveals were like less shocking. 
and you could almost kind of see them coming because you've been primed by the documentary you're watching and also the ones that are similar to it. But then also like just the whole thought of where it goes and the information you find out, it's kind of gross and it like has me worried for documentary filmmaking because it just oh no seems like it's going to turn into like almost like exploitation. <laughs> Oh. And that's not good for documentary filmmaking. Yeah, that seems like the opposite of what you want. Yes. <laughs> I do feel like, for the most part, though, documentaries are still traditional. You know, like you don't, it's mostly about like fly on the wall, interviewing the subjects, like an outsider's perspective. Right. There has been an uptick of like. Like the Fire Festival is a good example of like a subject you know different crews different viewpoints and then like almost creating like a not really like a bidding war but like a who's are you gonna watch netflix or hulu's or both like i don't know just getting to a weird territory and it just seems like i don't know i I feel like documentary filmmaking is going to be like cheapened or lessened because of like the accessibility and like just like how easy it is to stream something these days. And yeah. it's, it's fairly low budget to f- shoot a documentary because it's just like, there's no special effects, right. small crew. Literally anybody could make yeah. <laughs> a documentary. If they have an iPhone and they take the time to learn editing software, like literally anybody could make a documentary. Matt yeah. is trying to plug his <laughs> documentary, documentary that he made. It is about... It's about the bike guy. The Cinephiles <laughs> Digest podcast featuring Matthew Sabreros. <laughs> You name dropped my last name a lot on this show. I've done it one time. Last episode. You also name dropped your friend. Hopefully she's okay with that. Am I not supposed to do full names? No, you can do my full name, but wait, who who did she who are you talking about? Haley Tucker. (laughs) 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 Well, I specifically said that because Matt's girlfriend is also named Haley. Right. So you I mean, differentiate. normally I call them Haley C and Haley T, but you know, just yeah. going full balls to the wall. Sorry, H Tuck, <laughs> you are famous now. <laughs> um, I don't have much else to say beyond that. Are you yeah. glad you watched it? Like I, I watched uh, it and I, I knew it wasn't great, but it felt worth watching. If at least for discussion, I, that'll come I out appreciate of that. that you set it up to like go in cold, but the. Because you said that, I was expecting something something different, a little more. No, not different. Just maybe something a little bit like better than I, what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking damn! I I don't I don't know. I think it's I'm, a bad. I'm very conflicted on this movie. Like, I could see someone loving or hating it, but I just think it just depends on like how interesting you like find where it goes eventually. Yeah. So, I don't know. very mixed on this one. That's why I gave it three stars. I'm right in the middle. Switzerland. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so I don't have a ton to talk about. So I've got some TV stuff that I'll talk about. But before we move on from me, one other movie I watched. I finally got around to watching The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh. Which has been on my radar for a while. Is that a movie? Some, yes. Who directed it? It was a recent The guy one who did just... Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Right. Andre Ofskall. 
which I actually didn't know. Okay, so a little bit of backstory. This movie has been on my radar for a couple couple years now. I've heard good things about it. Just haven't pulled the trigger on watching it. We recently saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Didn't love it. I didn't make the connection. It wasn't until the end credits where I saw directed by Andre whatever. I was like, oh, that's the Scary Stories guy, you know? Uh, I like this movie a lot, actually. It's not amazing by any means, but I think the performances are pretty good. It's it's Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch, and essentially they're like coroners, medical examiners, and they have a body come in, oh, and they perform an autopsy, and then crazy shit happens. I remember seeing the trailer for this. I knew almost nothing about this movie. Like this is all word of mouth, it's streaming, Twitter right? podcast stuff. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Everything I knew about this movie comes from word of mouth, Twitter, like all that kind of stuff. I had not seen a trailer. I actually it, didn't it know who was in it. Relatively recently, like in the last year, two thousand sixteen. Couple years, yeah. Couple but years. it relatively recently came Netflix. If that's what you're thinking. maybe I saw the trailer on Netflix. I've never seen a trailer for it, but I know Emil yeah, Hirsch is in it, and I figured out who the director was after Love Scary Emile Stories. So. He's great. So. I thought it was a really well done, like well filmed, intense movie. Like I, I like. Is it mostly one location? Like just in that? It's room exclusively. With it? in, it's only in the morgue, right? The morgue. Yes, okay. the whole movie is in the morgue. So I, it, it's got that one location, like kind of charm to it. Yeah. The confined setting. I feel like for a scary movie, that's the best way to keep your budget low, but still like give it a lot of good spook. And there was a lot of tension I found in the movie. I also really liked the autopsy itself because like I love watching like true crime documentaries and just like gruesome drama, like like criminal investigation movies. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but Matt is a basic bitch. Yes, very much. I had a pumpkin spice latte yesterday. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just, the autopsy stuff I thought was really well done. Like the movie looks good. They clearly put in the time, the research, and there's enough budget that like the autopsy looks real, about as real as you could make a fake autopsy look, I guess. Um, And there are some genuinely creepy moments. Um, I thought it was really well done. I didn't love it. The direction that ultimately ends up going is a little hokey, but um, I thought it was quite good. I saw you didn't give it a great rating. I didn't know you had seen it. I saw when I logged it on Letterboxd, I saw what your score was. Any comment? No. (laughs) (laughs) You gave it a three, if I recall correctly. Uh, Switzerland. Do you even remember watching it? Wait. Jane Doe? Autopsy of Jane Doe? I haven't even seen it. Did I, re- did I rate it? Was it your brother? I, I swear it's you. Classic Trevor, Tyler, Travis. Trevor, Travis, Whoa. Tyler. Who? If I rated it, it was by mistake. Are you pulling it up? Do I have to? I feel like Travis should pull it up. I swear, I swear it was you. I swear it was you. The viewers can't wait to know. Did Travis watch the movie? Let's see. I mean, he didn't watch the movie. It's Here whether he rated it or no. Not. I didn't rate it. Must have so been your was brother. So was it your brother? 
Let's see. One of you motherfuckers oh watch this movie. Actually, wait. I, I wanted to ask you guys this, actually, and I forgot to ask you off air, so I'm going to do it now. Because the Dude, only- Dude, did you just fucking unrate it right now? I swear. No, I, sw- I swear I would I not do I swear to fucking God. <laughs> either you or your brother rated it, and now neither of you are here. I think that's on crack. I you think you're on son crack. of a bitch. I think you discovered that you logged a movie you haven't seen. No. And I you swear fixed to God. It, and you fixed it. Are you sure you weren't looking at my rating is, of scary stories? This is fucked. Or I've, Troll Hunter? This oh my God. Is fucked. No. Troll Hunter's great. Is no. that by the same? Yeah. He also did Troll Hunter. Not oh, great. I really liked Troll Hunter. Yeah, I like Troll Hunter. It was Overrated. surprisingly not bad. Overrated. Um, Matt. Travis, Even though it's I have like a serious. <laughs> I have a serious and important question for you guys. Yeah, do you guys so want know someone named Dan Felix, who's maybe no. semi-famous on in movie Twitter on Letterboxd? No. Okay, he started following me on here on and Letterboxd. Yeah, and he has like sixteen thousand followers. And I was trying to figure out who he is because I have uh, four followers. Well, how many people does he follow? He might be one uh, of those people like that a just ton. He a probably ton. just people are on Twitter too. They follow shit. everybody. Yeah, but like, what? how did this you find me? Fo- I just found him. Yeah. He follows one hundred and seventy-two thousand people on yeah. Letterboxd. What? Yeah. What is the point? That's Wait, what what's saying. that ratio? So he follows 176,000 and only 16,000 people follow. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. He seems like I can't tell like he's got a YouTube channel on here, his Twitter on here and like that follow back ratio is garbage. bad. Oh, yeah. Bad. His watch 16. list is 6060. So, you know, basically Travis. At that point, it kind of renders your social feed pointless because there's just so much coming in that you well, can't actually it, follow. There would be looks no about, point right? 6,060? Of- there's at least 6,000 movies I need to see. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, But that that's out like of control. That, like, as a... As a person who uses... As this, a human being. <laughs> no, just, like, as someone who uses this service, like... Yeah. Following 170,000 people, like, you're doing yourself a disservice. You know who like, I follow? Like, if you so look at point? your friend's activity, it's got to be updating, like, every point zero. None of it means second. anything. Yeah. Can I tell you guys like, who I follow? Me, Tom, Travis, Haley. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's literally all four people that I follow. You should follow my brother. That's what I was thinking. I forgot he's on here. He's got good taste. I forgot about I forgot about Tyler because he's you know he's got kids he's got a family and like he's also not super active on it I don't he doesn't use it all well, the time he does see quite he a bit of stuff a lot, in theaters though I feel like it seems like not it super yeah on top of vlogging stuff or maybe I just don't that's uh, okay um, I don't I only look at stuff if I'm like I don't I try not to look at it before I'm seeing something just after to see like what you guys thought of it also. But I just mean I don't think he logs everything. I think he's gotten better about it since he's had a list. But yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, autopsy of Jane. No, I think I think he would like it, Travis. It's yeah. I've been meaning to watch it. I was kind of surprised. Like, I've heard good things about it, but Letterbox it has like a pretty low like aggregate score. Yeah. Uh, but both Haley and I liked it a lot. It's super it's short too, super, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Like, I think it's totally worth watching. It's on Netflix. Check her out. I will peep it. That's all. That's it for me. I got some TV stuff. We can circle back around later, but I wanted to tell you guys I'm watching this show on Netflix. 
It's called Dark. I've heard about it. With a Q? No. D-A-R-K. It is so fucking good. I am almost done. I think we're probably going to finish the second season like tonight. There are two one-hour episodes left. That's why I'm looking at the time being like, gotta go home and watch Dark. (laughs) Some people say it is the superior Stranger Things. Well, so the first season felt very much like if Stranger Things was done by like a German nihilist because it is in German and so it's subtitled yeah you can get it dubbed there are dubs available um i first of all you know with kurt being a weeb i'm used to subtitle shit so it doesn't bother me um also the dubs on it were pretty bad like there was a policewoman who dubs are mostly bad well yeah and there's a policewoman <laughs> who's like speaking in the subtitles her voice is kind of low and german and like the subtitles or the dub version is like so there's a dead body huh like it's super oh, kind God. of peppy is that francis mcnorman from fargo yeah <laughs> oh, oh. A body here, huh? <laughs> looks like there's a there's a bit of a dead body there uh huh <laughs> better go check the uh the ice house down by the lake <laughs> gotta get some hot dish ready for these folks um no but it's it's really it's it's at first, I was also comparing it to Stranger Things, but really, it's kind of its own totally separate thing. Um, it's very heavy, very bingeable. There's a lot of mystery to it. Reminds me a bit of a better produced Lost without quite so many hanging threads. Where you're like, where after a while, you kind of get like, okay, like, I get it. Everything is a fucking mystery. We're never going to find out anything. Like, cool, let's Gotta. just get some fucking <laughs> answers over here. Like, I like, will not stand for this Lost shit talking <laughs> on my show. Okay? No, no, I love Lost. I love Lost. But I, as as someone who watched it, all of it, last year, oh. for the first time. I bet it hasn't aged super well. It has not. See, I feel like we did it wrong because I did the same thing, but yeah. a few years ago. But everyone who watched it week by week and were like part of the hype train all love it. Oh, oh yeah, I fucking people also are really divisive about the the finale of that show. Yeah, Ugh. I thought it's it was... one of my favorites. <laughs> I love it. The I finale or the show? The finale. I thought it was fine. The whole heaven. The shep- he's, he's <laughs> shepherd. Spoilers. 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 If you haven't watched Lost at this point, you're not going to watch it. I watched it <laughs> last Lost. year. People are still discovering Lost. Well, I feel like the odds of somebody who listens to the show being spoiled. Also, you saying slight. that doesn't really spoil anything. No. <laughs> you have no idea. The show is too huge. But the show is too huge. You guys should watch Stark. It's on Netflix. The second season recently dropped. It's extraordinarily good, and I would recommend it to most people, actually. I think it's a pretty pretty well-rounded show. Ah, Paris, I don't have a lot of time. Yeah, right. You have <laughs> all. Technically, you're right. Oh, the new time. show, though? Ugh. It's only, so each season is only 10 episodes, and oh, they're hour long. So Oof. two seasons, that's only 20 hours, dude. You could literally watch movies. that today. Yeah, I just started my BoJack this time, rewatch, though, so... Oh, I'm rewatching Good Place, so... Oh, the season three just went up on Netflix. Yeah, but I have Hulu, so I'd already watched season three. 
Oh, right. It was like a timed. Haley and I tried to do that, but they took the episodes. Like, it was like a timed window where the yeah, episodes. Yeah, it was one out. of those. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna start soon. Season four is gonna be their last season, apparently. Really? Yeah. Oh, go out on top, I guess. Yeah, they were kind of like you know when we started, we wanted to do four seasons. We were lucky enough to keep getting picked up, and I think we're gonna stop at four seasons. And I was like, yeah, because honestly, season three was great, but it seems like the premise is a little like. There's a lot of things that you could do with it. There's a ton. But I think that they've kind of gotten to a point where they're, there's only so much they're going to do with it. Sure. And I think season four is going to be a great season. Cool. I'm excited to start it. Yeah. All right, Travis. Mr. Movie Man, what you got for us? Mr. Uh, Movie Man. Not too much. I did okay. watch rewatch Batman Begins. Uh, it's a little... Not great. Hokey. Like kind of corny. Yes. Like some of the the scenes, like especially early on with like young like Bruce Wayne, like the Ra's Lane. al Ghul, like the training stuff like, going through like, the mountains. Christopher Nolan directed these. Yeah, scenes. right. <laughs> it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't hold up as well. No, but I don't know. I the last time I watched it, I almost convinced myself it was better than The Dark Knight. Yeah, almost. You told me that, which is pretty crazy. Watching it again now, I feel like. <laughs> Travis, you are capable of convincing yourself of anything. <laughs> uh, it's still a good like origin story, and like it's solid, but not Nolan's finest work, and uh, maybe the weakest one of the trilogy. I, <laughs> I'd have to rewatch mm. the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Dark this, Knight Rises this, has some moments. Honestly, this rewatch kind of derailed my whole rewatch of the trilogy. Because now you're like, oh shit, like, <laughs> what's going to happen when I watch the other two? Like, right. Dark Knight is. Totally. Dark Knight stands up. I'm um, sure it does. For the most part. Oh, for no. the most part. Yeah. I recently rewatched I it. I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm just saying that. I officially downgraded it to a 4.5. Oh, okay, but not like to a three or something dumb. Well, no, it's still a good movie, but I also started The Dark Knight Rises and... You didn't finish it. No. Oh, no. Really? It's, I, I do still think it's better than Opening Batman Begins. Scene, though, yeah? Pretty rad. No. No. Not in comparison of Dark Knight to The Rises? Dark Knight. I don't remember the opening oh. scene. That's with Bane in the planes. It's like the uh, right. He's he's got the hood on, and I'm not comparing it to forgettable. It's all of the movies. Just because you forgot it doesn't mean it's forgettable. <laughs> okay. Since I originally have seen them, all three of the movies have come down for me. All three of them. Do you think it's because you've seen them before, so you know what's going to happen, or do you think it's because you're not watching it in a theater experience? I've seen them all a bunch, and only recently. On I think it could be a little down. bit of both of that, but just also, I don't think time is being kind to these movies, especially yeah. because we have such an oversaturation of superhero movies now. Yeah, there's been say what you will about Marvel, and even I know Travis, you don't love Marvel. I will movies, say nothing. But say about what Marvel. you will. There's been some pretty good Marvel movies over the years, and they have kind of eaten some of the Dark Knight's lunch. Yeah. Like that trilogy, you know what I mean? Like now you watch some of it and there's some really corny stuff in those movies. Yeah. I mean, The Dark Knight or Batman Begins really was the beginning 
of the um, resurgence. Yeah, it was of of the new cool superhero <laughs> era. No, I mean, yeah, no, what was true. before that? They kept trying to do they kept trying to do Superman. It was like half in, half out. Right. Superman's never going to be wasn't cool. Quite there. Yeah, and, it so. wasn't. It wasn't quite. It's kind like, of like the beginning of it all. Exactly. It it began Batman. Yeah. And it began an era. Marvel would yeah, not Marvel be Marvel kind of piggybacked off of that. Mar- Marvel would not be where it is without that trilogy. True. Setting everyone up. Uh oh. Uh. <laughs> so there's an awkward silence because we've had the cat locked in my bedroom and he tore up the carpet and now we can't open the door because it's like folded up on itself oh. and now we can't push it so I will help Haley with that and I will be right back okie dokie continue <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> to say um. uh, we were talking about Batman Begins um, well, why don't you say something else you've watched? Yes. I uh, went to the theater to go see The Matrix in Dolby. Oh, that's kind of cool. they're doing a 20-year like re-release of it. Yeah. But it's like one week only in Dolby at AMC theaters that have, you know, Dolby capabilities. Yeah, I don't know if it's playing anywhere else for like the 20th year anniversary, but... I had just seen this, like I rewatched it back in March at home. Right. But then when this opportunity presented itself to me, I mean, yeah, to see in theaters, like I gotta do it. Yeah. Well, and I've actually seen seen this in theaters before, probably like five to ten years ago. Oh. I saw it at Cinerama. Probably like ten years ago for the ten year anniversary. It honestly, it could have been. (laughs) Yeah. It was like during one of the like the science fiction film festivals or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or it might have been like a, I don't remember exactly what they it was, do but those, it was one like, of their like the Cinerama does like the week where the, or the months, and they've got like we're showing these three sci-fi films, these yeah. three horror films, yeah. But yeah, they're doing it one week only, and it was pretty awesome seeing it on the big screen again in this pristine format. So was it like, because our movie came out 20 years ago, so has it been uh, remastered? Not like the the effects, but like the scan of the movie has been remastered into 4K. Oh, so does it, so does it look, it looks good? Looks amazing. What movie are we talking about? The Matrix. Oh. It's playing in Dolby right now at AMC. I had to go see it again. That's mainly can't be that good. I just wanted to brag that I saw it in Dolby. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, I actually saw a movie in theaters that you would normally see. No, if you guys haven't seen it in a while, this would be the the time to go. Yeah, sure. But I just rewatched it like four or five months ago or something. Yeah. I saw The Matrix for the first time when I was little on Laserdisc, so can't beat that. (laughs) Nothing can ever beat that. No, actually, I I can beat it. So. I I used to, well, we used to always rent a lot of movies growing up, but there'd be occasions where I wouldn't want to watch a movie and I just want to like play video games in the other room by myself. And so Naturally. my brother and cousin watched The Matrix 
like the night we were staying the night and i was like nah i don't care about that had no idea what it was <laughs> just not interested rather play my games after they watched they're like it's the greatest thing it's so cool you have to watch before <laughs> yeah. we return it and i'm like okay i'll watch it so i literally watched it like the next day of my aunt's room on her little ass like vcr <laughs> tv combo but it was probably like a 10 or 13 inch screen no and this is back when like it's you know full screen like whatever yeah right. that was my first experience of the meeting. <laughs> oh man <laughs> it ruled <laughs> you've come a long way oh yeah <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I don't really have any movies to talk about. I did rewatch MacGruber last night, though. I also recently rewatched MacGruber. I saw you did. It's fucking still so good. It is pretty awesome. It's so The way funny. it just, like... I mean, it's basically like a parody of an action movie. But just... I mean, I used to watch the MacGruber skits, like, on SNL, because I'm a big good. SNL fan. I never fan. thought they were very funny. <laughs> okay, because I don't either, and I haven't seen the mcgruber movie and you guys were like hyping it up hella and i was like "Ooh, is this one of those it. like i'm not a dude so i can't appreciate this kind of things or like what's going on no I you think would, you would think it's you would funny. find it funny it's definitely really dumb but like if you've seen action movies before and you like know the tropes and if you enjoy like will forte like i don't see how you i do enjoy will like forte it. he's phenomenal yeah but dude the ending I forgot how amazing the ending is. <laughs> that whole movie is just... It's so you know what I'm talking about? The very end? Yes. <laughs> there, it's so, perfect. Not everything in that movie holds up. There are some jokes that kind of fall flat, so that's why... Yeah. But the celery thing is amazing. It's really The sex good. scene is amazing. Also, when he's like apologizing for fucking up, like, oh, he's like yeah. in the guy's office, he's like... He's like, you could, what, I don't even remember what he like, you can fuck me, <laughs> yeah. you can fuck me, do whatever you want to me, like, he's like, starts taking off all his clothes, like, I'll, suck your I'll suck your fucking dick. <laughs> that sounds stupid, us saying it, but, it Will does. Forte commits. <laughs> when, uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig? Yeah, when she's like, on the like, the mission, and there's... They're doing like the steakhouse. Oh, in the, the coffee van. shop. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, if you get into any trouble, just say the word or whatever, and we're only like seven blocks away. And she's like, seven blocks? You couldn't find any closer. He's like, okay, you got me. We're more like twenty blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. There's so many good parts. Yeah, it's on. That was a good Will Forte impression, oh, also. <laughs> yeah, classic. Should have won that. Should have won our comedy bracket, but hey, whatever. It's okay. Needed the rewatch, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paris, you got anything left? I just have a couple TV shows, um, and then yeah, me I too. yeah, okay. Relatively recently, saw Millennium Actress at oh, the anime yeah. film. Yes. Oh, oh it's fantastic. <laughs> it it was it was pretty fucking cool. I actually Travis think. You, a person who loves movies, would really like it. Was this called Millennium Falcon? Millennium no. Actress. I almost called it Millennium Falcon. Like I kept being like, actress, actress, actress. You Mo- saw Paprika, right, Travis? Yep. Same director who did Paprika. Oh, okay, that was a a good one. Yeah. It it it's it's great. Um, it basically, 
I don't want to give too much away because I went it totally cold. I hadn't seen any of That's the, the director's films. Um, but I would just say if you love movies, you'll like it a lot. Um, it is a very interesting, unusual way of storytelling. Yes, very much. It reminded me a bit of like, oh gosh, like um, Synecdoche, New York, or maybe Adaptation. Like, where it sort of blends reality and fantasy, and you're not quite sure, like, what's going on, and it's cool. Yeah, Satoshi Khan was the Charlie Kaufman of Japanese anime. That's sure. kind of what it seems like, <laughs> honestly. Like, there was a little trivia beforehand, because it, it was a... Um, was it like a... Fan- it was like a special event. Not Fandango. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. You're, fathom. Fathom, fathom event? It was yeah. a Fathom event. Thank you. Um, and so they did like a little trivia thing beforehand. And one of them was like, his quote was like, I know I don't do filmmaking like other... My animation style isn't like other artists, but I just make it the way that I think it should be made. And I was watching the movie and I was like, this animation style seems pretty like normal i mean it's beautiful and it's clearly hand done but it seems fairly standard and then i realized he meant not the animation style but the actual the story storytelling is is unusual and great yeah yeah he did um i haven't seen perfect blue but a lot of people think perfect blue is his best movie perfect blue is apparently the other side of the coin to millennium actress millennium actress is the happier version and uh perfect blue is the uh fucked up sad version apparently that sounds like the one that i should be watching Uh, that kurt had already seen perfect blue and not millennium actress he said they're both great but uh perfect blue is definitely more fucked up shit i know um scarecrow video they have a dvd copy of perfect blue so i'm renting that but he did perfect blue um paprika tokyo godfathers that was on netflix (laughs) you fucking bougie bitch oh is it a is it a dvd is it really worth it i don't know first time watch don't know if i want to subject myself i don't think there is a blu-ray release of perfect blue i'm checking (laughs) i'm already on it (laughs) um yeah he he died like almost 10 years ago now the director way and, before his time he and was honestly incredible i think it, it was made in like the late 90s millennium actress yes Suppose. no it was like early 2000s i think like 2001 on. 2002 I, I think i booked it on letterbox oh, so say what the film is i know what you're buying with your next $20. Blu-ray? No. 2001. Yeah. It came out 2001, but the it still looks flawless. Yeah. Oh, Shout Factory put it out this year, actually. Shout Factory? It's got really? two cuts. Oh, shit. Wait, we're talking about... Perfect, Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Well, maybe I need to buy Millennium this. Actress, I think. I think now that, that I have a cool 4K already. TV. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. You are correct, Matt. It is actually coming out later this year so it has not the perfect blue blu-ray no millennium actress comes out november 19th is shout is shout oh, doing shout, that one too shout's fucking all oh, over yeah. this guy <laughs> paprika there you can get blu-rays of paprika but yeah um okay cool anything else you got paris nope okay travis you got uh, some tv too so two tv shows that i started have not finished yet uh one is the escape at Dana Mora, I think that's what it's called. Oh, that's, a that's show? the one with Paul Dano, right? Yeah, I've ben heard good Stiller things. Stiller directed it. Did you know that? 
I think I did, yeah. You're jogging my memory, but I did know that. Is it, is it on a Showtime show? Amazon Prime? Yeah. Showtime. Oh, that's right. It's like seven episodes. They're all like an hour long. Um, but it's got Paul Dano, Benicio Del Toro, and Patricia Arquette. Oh, shit. So it's like a prison break style show. You could probably guess that by the prison uh, break title. Like generally or prison break mm. the like Fox the show prison break. <laughs> I was literally thinking the same thing. Like, is there someone with that tattoo of the entire prison blueprints on their I've never back? Seen prison break. So. Uh, it's not a good. The show. first five episodes were lit. It's like it was good for like mid two thousands, like prestige yeah. Fox television. It's like worse than 24 and even 24 does not hold up. You know what I mean? Like it was actively bad, but what a cool premise. Yeah, breaking out of prison, who would have thought? No, but he had the Okay, never mind. Oh, you're talking about the prison map drawn on. Yeah, the he was a policeman that got purposefully arrested so he could break his brother out of prison and he had the blueprints of the prison tattooed on his back so they could escape. Hello, what a cool premise. Real stupid idea. For the mid 2000s, that Real was genius. that was fucking banger. <laughs> mid 2000s, no Netflix, no cable TV. That shit was lit. He would have had no way of knowing he would actually be sentenced to serve time in that prison. No way. What if he went through all this trouble and then they were like, all right, we're shipping you off to Rikers yeah, right? or whatever. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Got the wrong tattoo. <laughs> it's a TV show, Matt. Yeah, a bad one. All anyway, right. I'm glad it's that type of prison break and not no. Fox's prestige I mean, it's drama. A, I, prison break. I just meant it's a pretty like typical prison break story. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's got them three in it got a couple other maybe familiar faces but they're mostly like character actors but the setup is Scoop McNary is, he is it Margot Margot Martinson the ultimate character actress Margot Martinson yeah Who? from Bojack what who am I thinking of oh um McMartindale no, it's um. Mark, you know, you know, <laughs> you know who she's talking about. She's like a older woman. I think she might have red hair. Yeah, she's in Bojack. She's a Not major character right? in. She Bojack. plays herself. Fuck, she's Margot she, Martindale, dude. I'm almost ninety percent sure that it's something like that. I know exactly who. I think it's Anne something. Anne Margot. Uh, is it this lady? That's Margot Martindale. Is that? Yeah, you're right. Margot Martindale. The that third, is her name. The third sorceress you fucking was Margot Martindale Bojack. <laughs> I literally searched Bojack character actress, and the first thing comes up is Margot yeah, Martindale. You're right. You're right. You're fucking right. suck well, my dick, Matt. She's not in this, so we'll just move on. <laughs> uh, so the whole setup is these guys want to break out of prison, and. They use Patricia Arquette's character as the, the like inside help kind of thing. She's their inside man, kind of. So she's like, she's an interesting character, but like doesn't get a lot of attention at home. And her husband's kind of a simpleton, so she like doesn't really have a connection with him. Mm-hmm. So she like has a relationship with each of these guys. <gasps> Scandalous. And then she gets involved with them. I haven't. I've. I've seen. I've watched the majority of the episodes, like f- five of seven of them. 
Um, but I'm not really spoiling much by saying that. That's kind of just the setup. But it's okay. it's pretty tense. I think it's well written. Uh, you get to see Paul Dano bend over Patricia Arquette. Whoa! So Wait, you know, worth Paul watching. Dano's like twenty <laughs> years younger than Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Is that right? I'm An not old, gonna lie. Crazy Patricia Arquette and a bald. <laughs> I don't know why I got excited. <laughs> But I know what you get. You get more excited for? When you you started, you started that sentence, Paul Dano bending over. I didn't go to like bending over somebody else. I went to Paul Dano bending over and like exposing his butthole. Oh my god! And I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. What Matt's trying to say is he wants to see I Paul know. Dano's butthole. I don't even think Paul Dano is attractive. Like, why did my mind He's go not. to like, I was picturing, like, in prison, like, him spreading cheek. Like, I mean, it's showtime, but, like, do you think they'd show full-on asshole? I don't know if I've ever seen a butthole Have you seen a, a dick? Movie. Oh, yeah. No, I, not in a movie. I meant on Showtime specifically. On Showtime? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got dicks that oh, yeah. Blood and Rome really? show was all I dick. feel like I only watch the show that are tits. No dicks. Oh, yeah. I'm missing out. Show. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Huh. But yeah, it's so no butthole. It kind of reminds me of No, butthole's like, like, like X-rated, I think. Like, they have to like go why? to the next level. Because they can see inside you. <laughs> you can see from the front, too. You don't... But, like... Okay. I'm trying not to get too, like, gross. No, please do. <laughs> okay. So, in cable TV shows, you can see a naked woman. But she's not, like, in porn, right? She's not, like... You can't see You can't see inside of her. Yes. You can see her naked body. Yes. So I feel like it would be the same with like a butthole. You're like seeing inside of someone. That's like, that's like, what kind of buttholes are you looking at? (laughs) See inside their soul. Just, you can see in. That's the window to the heart. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what you're making it sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Look deeper. You know how the eyes are the windows to the soul? The butthole is the window to your heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, anyways, pretty good show so far. <laughs> We're really derailing for Travis. It, it kind of has like a Coen Brothers vibe, but it's not as like quirky or humorous, I'd say. I'm just waiting okay. for like that like must watch Showtime television show. Because like Michelle Gondry has a TV show. The one with Jim Kitty. Carrey? Yeah, Kitty. Yeah, I want to watch that one. So there's like I'm I'm curious, but not mm-hmm. enough to pull the trigger on like a subscription add-on. Yeah. You know? Is there a way to get Showtime without like getting Showtime? Like I have HBO because I have add-on. like AT and T for free. Oh, I see. Like, get, like a like a pack-in deal. Yeah. I get it for free because my parents have it. So oh, that's everyone <laughs> who has Showtime. Yeah. If they're not a parent, <laughs> they have a parent. It's from their parents. <laughs> That's, that's Showtime's clientele. <laughs> Showtime. We serve your parents they do have so they can serve on, you. They do have some good shows on Showtime now. Yeah. yeah they do. Yeah, like definitely. The pretty good. It's kind of run its course, though. I think it's on its last season. That's Ray Donovan's the, good, but it's like a poor man's Sopranos. People make fun of Ray Donovan so much. Like, all the late night shows, they're like, Ray Donovan's coming back. Still don't know what that show is about, but <laughs> <laughs> it's no, coming back for an eighth season somehow. It's crazy how it's still going, but 
I mean, yeah. Like, Who the fuck watches Ray I Donovan? Do. I watch Ray Donovan. Of course you watch Ray Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only person in the world Travis who watches Ray Donovan. Do- one of you are keeping them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a casual. Travis's parent because it's coming out of their pocket. I'm yeah. a casual Ray Donovan <laughs> <laughs> I only watch it after it's all aired. You're literally the only person I've ever met who has watched Ray Donovan. It's actually pretty I've heard it's not bad, yeah. Like, but still, it's, it's just one John of those Voight shows. John Voight kills it in some seasons. John Voight's in yeah, that? He plays his dad. Fuck, man. Maybe I should get Showtime. But honestly, like, the, the seasons kind of play out all the same. It's always, like, the same kind of shit. Just, you know. He's like a mob fixer, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing the premise for the show, and it looked good. I just... Never had Showtime, so yeah. I never got to watch it. Um, what right. were you leading into? Yeah, Next some show. other show. Yeah, other show. The Deuce on HBO. Oh, you started that, huh? I did. I've been thinking about it. I like it so far. I've only watched a couple episodes, um, but it's like set in the uh, era of like the the porn craze, like late seventies, right? Yeah, like the Taxi Driver era. Yeah, late seventies. Yeah. It's got James Franco. Like, like Debbie Deepwater, whatever. No, oh my god! I so when you said Taxi Driver, I thought you were gonna say, and then I can't think of the movie, and I kept looking at Matt, like read my mind. You what? Uh, f- uh Dirk Diggler. Oh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, like the mm. Boogie Nights days. Yeah, yeah, late seventies. Yeah. Although okay. different region. This is like the New York porn scene, I think. Right? Oh, not yeah. California. So it feels right? very. I see. Taxi Driver esque with okay. the setting. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. It's good though. Um, you just follow different characters and their situations, but um, yeah, it looks good. Got some good stuff in it. <laughs> do, you, do, you get to, do you get to see? Looks good uh, is good. How many buttholes? Uh, I don't think any buttholes yet. Definitely some penis though. Oh, <laughs> got some hanging dong there for me. Maggie Gyllenhaal's in that, right? Yeah. So, no, no. Does she show no her? No, not yet. <laughs> That's but nipples, though, so, right? Finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of she's, nudity. I mean, she's, this is cool. she's a top-off top actress. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. just like, top-off. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want me to perform anything? Top-off. No, Maggie, this is a commercial for a children's hospital. Top-off. Dude, she's primed for some director to just be like, just show your butthole. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, totally. No one's ever asked her. If you ask her, I she'll like do it. I feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal, Laura Dern... And maybe like Kirsten Dunst would be like, yeah, yeah. Those three specifically would be like full butthole showers. What? I've never seen Laura Dern naked. Dude, have you never seen Blue Velvet though, right? We watched Wild at Heart. She's in that? Oh my God. She's the main girl. Yes. Is she naked in that movie? She definitely has her top off at least. If not full blown. In front of the car. Yeah. Super weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's more I, of a David Lynch. Thing, it's too though. weird, though. Like that's not like David. Oh, because Lynch... showing your butthole isn't weird. I don't think Gordon no. is known <laughs> for showing it all, though. I think that of those three, she would be. Those Patricia three... Arquette would be more likely to show uh, her butthole. No, I don't think she was. No, her I think she Patricia has. Patricia Arquette's in Wild at Heart, not no, Laura she's Dern. In, uh, no, Laura Dern is in Wild oh, at Heart. Shit. Wait, you yeah, stupid, stupid, seen, stupid bitch. I haven't seen Wild at Heart. We, we saw watched Lost the no, dude, no, the Nick Cage we double feature. Last no, the no. Nick Cage double I've, feature. I've never seen Wild at Heart. Was that with Blaine? I don't know. 
I've never seen Wild at Heart. Did we not do the? I saw Lost Highway with you. No, no, no. At the Egyptian. You did not see Lost Highway with me. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna have to cut all of. All I know is I've never seen Wild at Heart. But no, I, have seen Lost I was getting mixed up because I thought I was thinking of the time we went to Central Cinema and watched Mulholland Drive and Grease. Yes. Getting mixed up with the time I went to Blaine, went to Central Cinema and saw the Nick Cage double feature, which was Wild at Heart and Valley Girl. That's a interesting. It was his early, combo. like two early, early picks. Yeah, it was good. Hmm. I thought that was you, though, so I apologize. I've never seen it. Although, apparently, you thought I was Travis, so I don't apologize. I take it back. That was Haley. Did you spill? (laughs) What'd you do? (laughs) Poor Haley. We're just, like, sitting in her house, yakking it up. She's like, please help me. (laughs) Okay. Um, I don't don't even know what the fuck we were talking about. We were talking about the deuce. The deuce. (laughs) Oh, were we talking about the report back? I think season three is playing. It's about to start. Soon, so yeah. I'm going to try and catch up with it before then. All of it. Cool. All of it. All right. The rest of it. Is that it for you? Yep. All right. Two TV shows real quick. I am currently watching the Righteous Gemstones. HBO show. Righteous? Da- Damian McBride's oh, new TV started. show. Oh, yeah. We're like oh. four episodes deep at this oh, point, shit. dog. So this is, have you seen trailers for this, Paris? It's like a evangelical Church. family. Yes, yes. And he goes, Daddy, you threw Jesus. He says, no, that was an action figure. Yeah. He says, no, that was Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so far, I'm pretty mixed on it. Okay. Uh, compared to Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals, so far, it's, I don't like it as much as those shows. I don't find it very funny. And I also feel like it's not going far enough into like making fun of religion. Yeah, it's not really going far enough to actually be like a commentary on evangelical Christianity. So right now it's just kind of I'm I'm enjoying it, but like I like the cast a lot. What do you think? One season, two seasons, three seasons. There's no no more than three. Based on your reaction, it, they ain't making the way things three. are going right now. It could be one season. Okay, like oh it's, wow, the scope of it is pretty small so far. Like it's been pretty focused so far, but it's just not super interesting. But they're probably not setting out to make it a one season show, right? right? But it's also only been. I four would imagine episodes. unless it's like a mini series. Most shows aren't like one and done. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, the verdict's not out yet. I am enjoying it, but it, it's not like I've I've laughed out loud maybe once. I think the performances are pretty. Who's good. the funniest of the three? The main three. Danny McBride. Okay. He's always of in course. any movie he's ever been in. Danny McBride is the funniest person. <laughs> he's the funniest motherfucker in the room in any room he's in. <laughs> What? Well, you're giving me a look. You don't think Daniel McBride is funny? No, I think he's extraordinarily funny. Funniest person in every movie he's been in. All right, that's name one movie hyperbolic. where he's not the funniest person. He's Pineapple been. Express. No, he's red. Red is by far the funniest person. Red is funny. He's got great lines. He's not the get a motherfucking skull ship. He is not <laughs> the funniest person in the movie. He is a funny bit in that movie. He is 
kills his scenes. He steals his scenes. But well, James he's not Franco's the, fun- the funniest. James Franco's the funniest person in that movie. Yeah. Like, are you joking? But he's a smaller character. I mean, come on. He. That's what I'm saying. The like, he's that not. He's in though. He steals he's the scenes. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to make. And I was trying to just tell him to <laughs> go fuck himself. Danny Bride's the best. Yeah. He's pretty great. Um, but this is also the first show where he has been like the showrunner. It's usually been Jody Hill on his previous shows. So maybe it's showing a little Wait, bit. Does Jody Hill have any part in this one or no? Uh, he's like an executive producer, I think. But no. What about he, uh, David Gordon Green? Uh, he directed a couple episodes, I mm-hmm. think. But no, not, not as hands on as vice principals. Cause I think he did like every episode of that show. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. I'll report back. Uh, the only other show, I don't have a ton to say, but what we do in the shadows, the television mm. show. How is that? Every bit as good as the movie. The movie kills. It's hilarious. Okay. It's 30 minute episodes. Ask, how's Beanie? How much she's, she's great. She <laughs> is, uh, she gets turned into a vampire. So she's like, she's pretty small part, but she's in multiple episodes. Who's nice. that? Beanie Feldstein? Oh, Jonah she's Hill's, in it. I didn't realize uh, she was in it. Cousin? Half sister. Sister. Half sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very small part, but. What's it airing on? FX. But it's on Hulu now. Oh, sick. It's really funny. Like, you should watch the movie first. Because there's. I don't want to spoil anything. I'll spoil a little bit. Don't. Okay. There's an episode in the TV show where there's like a vampire council. And they get a bunch of people who have played vampires to reprise those characters. Oh, that's on the council. amazing. So I won't tell you who they get. <laughs> oh my god. I will be so... very surprised by who they get. It's I'm so excited. Really good. I lost my fucking mind during that part. <laughs> it's really funny. I I think it is one of the funniest TV shows I've seen in recent memory. It's Taika involved in making it at all? Yes. He directed at least three or four episodes. Uh, Jemaine Clement yeah. wrote a lot of the episodes. He's kind of oh, the okay. showrunner of the TV show. Um, yes. They were, it was kind of a collab effort for them on the movie. Right? The, yes, correct. Yeah. So uh, it's mostly Jemaine's thing for the, the writing, but yes. Very good. It's on Hulu. Watch it. I okay. loved it. Can't wait for season two. The movie was great, so if the show's even as good as the movie, I'll definitely want to watch it. Yes. Okay, that is all I got. Anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap her up? Let's get out of here. Yeah, I need to go home and watch Dark. I told you. (laughs) All right, we're going to skedaddle. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Next episode, hopefully, the return of Tom. Thomas! (laughs) So don't... uh, Maybe cross your fingers. He's a busy man. He's working. He's got a newborn child. You guys should send him fan mail. That's what I'm going to do. Yes. Matt and I are. Yeah. And the people who are listening. <laughs> the three people at this table should send him some fan mail. Send us an email. Cinephilesdigest at gmail.com. Congratulating Tom on his newborn and his return to the show. We are planning on doing It Chapter 2 as well as The Goldfinch. Tom is at least going to try and see it. He's a busy guy, so we'll see if he can cram both. But that's what's on the docket. We will be back in a couple weeks. Thank you, Paris, for coming back. Always love to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you, Travis. Tried and true. (laughs) Wouldn't miss it. All right. We will be back in a couple weeks. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Bye.
Talk to you later.